Hello everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its fellowship in Boise, Idaho, The Bread of Life. To learn more about how God is using us to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting, go to traincpe.org, and to learn more about our local church fellowship, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We are considering Christ as the wisdom celebrated in the songs of the early church. For our past, he is the wisdom that died for our sins to make us clean. For our present, he is the wisdom we choose against the folly of our flesh. And for the future, we trust his wisdom for things all unknown. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked will be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Do you see here the choice that's being set before you? It's all throughout the book of Proverbs. Now we're being called to choose Christ. Actually, James. I preached a series on James years and years ago. I'm not quite where Luther was. Luther called it an epistle of straw. But when I preached on it, it wasn't like I loved the book of James. To me, it comes across, initially when I was looking at trying to figure out, it's like a book of ethics. And what surprised me when I announced that I was going to be preaching a series on James, a number of people came up in the church and said, oh, it's my favorite book. I don't know why that's your favorite book. Why would you like a book that just basically gives you a bunch of do's and don'ts? But then I recognized that in it, God was making known a wisdom that was completely and totally embodied in the life of Jesus Christ. James 1.5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And then in verse 21 of James chapter 1, we're told the secret to the whole book of James. The whole book of James, the decision that's being made to choose between wisdom and folly, and what is at the heart of wisdom. What takes all these different ethical responses, moral responses that are being called from our lives and infuses them with power and life. It says this, therefore, here's the laying aside, here's the choice. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, here's wisdom, and receive with meekness the engrafted or implanted word which is able to save your souls. Do you see that? What's the engrafted and implanted word? What is it for the believer? What is the engrafted or implanted word? It's the Lord Jesus. When I received him as my savior and I believed upon him, the spirit of God embedded in me at the core of my being, the life of Jesus Christ. And yet the life of wisdom, the life of a Christian being, living out the life of wisdom is to constantly choose to be receptive to that power and that life of Jesus Christ in every situation and every moment. There's always the beckoning call of the folly of human and earthly wisdom saying, do it this way, respond this way. And there's Christ in you, living and abiding you, saying, choose me in my way instead. And he lives and he abides within us. The Christian life is the life of being constantly receptive to Christ. And what happens then is he transforms all the commands because now the commands are not just a series of do's and don'ts, but the commands are an invitation of God 
to draw, they're like wells in the midst of a desert that you have to travel through. And it's telling us where these wells are that you can stop at and drop his life and drop his being and drop his refreshing. So every command, every do and don't now for the Christian is a place where we encounter and choose Christ and his life and his power within us. They're enablements. They're not just ethics. They're Christ himself offering himself to us. That's the choice. That's the choice always we have as believers in doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing, in choosing wisdom or choosing folly. The real choice is me, myself, my wisdom, my understanding, my way, or it's him, his life, his presence, his being, his fellowship, his enjoyment. That's wisdom. It's choosing Jesus. Let me read to you James. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, which again illustrates this. And these choices that have to be made. The enemy pits his wisdom against the Lord and he teaches us wiliness and craftiness and cunning and cleverness. How we can twist things to our advantage, how we can manipulate words to get our own way. It's subtle, it's deceitful, it's folly. The wisdom of the world's in conflict with the wisdom that comes from above. And it's that wisdom we're called to choose upon. Here it says in verses 14 through 17 of James Three, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly and sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. And if we had time, it would be a wonderful Christological discovery to see that that's all of Jesus. It's his life given to us. So in the present, in the choices you make, the call of wisdom is to choose Christ. Here's the third one. The way of wisdom for the future, which is, by the way, all unknown to us. We're blind. We don't know what's going around the next corner, is to hold on to Christ and confide ourselves in him or consign ourselves to him to entrust ourselves to him so let's look at this our nature when it comes to looking into the future is not to live a life of trust but it's to strive towards the future it's to try to figure out what we're going to face and what we're going to meet and to devise strategies as we're approaching it in order to get what we want or preserve what we have not lose our comforts or to gain other comforts or make sure we're providing for ourselves. I understand that there is a call of God for us to live with some view upon the future and to do certain things. A farmer has to go out and he has to plow his field. He has to plant his seed. He has to prepare in the wintertime himself for the new season that's coming. We have to do those types of things to face the future. But, you know, we don't ultimately know if the rain is going to come. And we don't know whether the crops are going to come in. And we don't know what's going to be for ultimately... It's before God. We do certain things that he calls us to do in faithfulness. But we can't make it happen. But that's not our nature. Our nature is to draw upon ourselves all that needs to take place to secure our future. A.W. Tozer writes this about our approach to the future, saying this. In respect to the future, it says that the Christian prays a little, plans a little, then jockeys for position, hoping but never quite certain of anything, always secretly afraid that we'll miss the way. And then Tozer says this, this is a tragic waste of truth and never gives rest to the heart. So what's our choice here? It's to reject 
our wisdom, and it's to rest in the infinite wisdom of God that's found in Jesus Christ. If we understood that God has assigned to himself a mission, a purpose, to lead his children in the best possible way to unfold before them the greatest experience, the maximal experience of his glory and his goodness. And that's what God has assigned to himself. The all-wise God has assigned to himself. Can we trust him for that? Can we trust him to deliver on that? Or will we orchestrate this by our own conniving and planning J.I. Packer points us to this wonderful truth that we see in 1 Corinthians that the Lord Jesus is called the wisdom of God and the power of God because these two things go together in order to efficiently fulfill all that God has designed. Packer says this, wisdom without power would be pathetic. Power without wisdom would be frightening. Jesus guards his infinite power under the guide of his infinite wisdom and fulfills the plans of his wisdom by way of his relentless, irresistible power. He's going to bring it about. He's going to accomplish it for us. In Isaiah 42, we had read as our scripture reading a prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. And there we see him as wisdom and we see him as power. And by the way, when you read through the Old Testament and you read expressions of the wisdom of God, you'll see that almost always it's paired with the power of God. These two things go together for them to make sense and to be meaningful. And here, Christ is presented, the Messiah is presented to us in his wisdom and his power. And then it's applied to us who face the future without knowing what it holds for us. And it's applied to us in verse 16. And here's the promise he gives to us who are blind to the future. And let's admit it, we are blind to the future. You make your plans. You get it all together. You do everything you can to make your life work out. You take all your supplements. You do all those types of things. You don't know what's going to hit you in the next intersection, right? God knows. Here's what we're told from the Messiah. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do and not forsake them. What's God doing? Why is this happening? What's happening to our world? What's happening in the political system? What's happening to our nation? What's happening in my job? What's going to take place? What do I need to do? How do I provide myself? How many more shelves do I need to build for storage? You know, to store up for the day, you know, that's coming upon us that I have no knowledge about. And God knows. God has a plan, and God has a design, and he's all wise, and he's all powerful, and he is pursuing the maximal expression and experience for you of his glory and his goodness. And you can consign yourself to him. You can trust all your life into him. That's the response. Gerhard Testigen in the 1700s wrote this line, Let him lead thee blindfold onwards. Let him lead thee blindfold onwards. Love needs not to know. Children whom the Father leadeth, ask not where they go. Though the path be all unknown, over moors and mountains lone. You can trust him. You can rest in him. Add another passage to you. God speaking to Cyrus and calling upon Cyrus and telling Cyrus what it is that he's going to accomplish through him gives a promise to Cyrus that we would wisely apply to ourselves. This is what God says in Isaiah 45, verses 2 and 3. 
I'll go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Wisdom. Wisdom in our Savior. For the past we confess. For the present we choose him. For the future we consign ourselves to him. Let's pray. Here we are moving, God, towards a season of celebration. In a season in which we feel the dark clouds of this world and this age, in which we sense the fulfillment of your own declaration that this world is passing away, and that like a garment it's wearing out. And as it wears out, there may be a fear that what will wear out is the floor from underneath us. Help us to remember that we are held in the everlasting arms of the only wise God and our Savior Jesus Christ who is wisdom, the wisdom of God and the power of God to us. Thank you that our entry point to you was by way of the cross and his sacrifice for our sins. All things past answered in him. Thank you, dear Jesus. You walk by us our daily, calling us to choose you, O oh God, for the future. We set ourselves at rest in thee. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening in today to the Bread of Life. Keep the missionaries of Church Partnership Evangelism in your prayers as they work in Ecuador and Cambodia and India and Indonesia and Greece and Bulgaria to release the body of Christ as his witnesses. Find out more by going to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.